0: Welcome back, All Beer Inside listeners. Here is the audio portion only of my interview with Ren Navarro of Beer Diversity. We here at All Beer Inside recognize that not everybody has the time to watch the YouTube interviews. So here is the audio from the YouTube recorded on June 19th, 2020, where we talk about making craft beer diverse and including all in the world of craft beer. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to All Beer Inside. And joining me in the quarantine episode today, I have Ren Navarro, also known as Beer Diversity. Hello. Hello, thank you for joining us today. Uh, I've been looking forward to talking to you after I spoke with Junk Pokaroo, So uh, I'm looking forward to today's conversation and hopefully the viewers uh, as well enjoy our talk. Uh, first off, what are you drinking? What are you enjoying tonight?
1: Uh, so, I've actually switched over to wine. Uh, I, I know. Uh, <laughs> but I am, I am drinking Rosewood's uh, Riesling AF, and those guys really appreciate beer. So, it's a, it's a, pretty, it's a pretty easy selection tonight.
0: Awesome. I've got from uh, Wellington Brewing. I'm never great with my camera here. <laughs> the Earl Grey Wheat. It's very tasty so far. So, as I say in the show, let's do a virtual... A toast. toast! Oh yeah, that coriander. Yeah, nice. Mm-hmm. So um, let my audience know who's, who's new to you. Uh, what is by beer diversity or yourself, Ren, what are you about in the craft beer industry?
1: Uh, so I've been in beer for just over seven years. I started out, uh, in sales. I've worked at six different breweries and the last two and a bit years have been beer diversity, which is about creating safe spaces to talk about diversity, inclusion and equity. Um, originally just in beer, but now it is beer spirits and wine, uh, and anything outside of it really.
0: So basically trying to include the, uh, the people of color community, along with the LGBTQ community, from what I understand.
1: Yeah, and then it's it's also about differently abled uh, people over the age of 45, 55, um, because, you know, diversity is, is such a large umbrella term that it's, there is a lot more to it. And just kind of reminding people that it isn't necessarily uh,
0: just about people of color. It's, you know, there's there's so much more to it. Including, like, let's say, that the handicapped as well, who are not craft beer. Yeah, exactly. Okay, awesome. And uh, what what made you uh, grow that venture? What made you decide? You know what? Everybody has to be included in craft beer, not just your typical guy like looking like me, <laughs> basically.
1: Um, I so I mean working working through beer and and being a, a sales rep, it turned out that at that time I was the only black female sales rep in Ontario selling craft beer, which which is so surreal to say. Uh, but I think it, it obviously lights a fire under your butt when you hear that you're the only one. But when you go out for drinks with your friends, that's like the United Nations of beer drinkers. Uh, so it, it made it pretty easy to, to start talking about. Uh, I fell into the company by accident. I was actually quitting the beer industry. I'd given up and was like, kegs are heavy and I'm getting older and I just I need to, to just go get a regular job. And someone approached me about doing a talk and, and working with Black Creek Community Farm, which is in Toronto and is run by women of color and, and chatting with them. They were like, yeah, come out. We're going to do this thing. And it just it kind of snowballed from there. And it ended up being right place, right time. And, and two years later, I'm kind of the go to in Canada for for diversity and inclusion chats.
0: Yeah, I do find the craft beer culture. It is um... I find it's changing a little quicker than your, your typical macro, obviously, you know, it's, it's not, um, first of all, I'm not seeing the bikini clad babe commercials for craft beer. Obviously yeah. that's, uh, that's, you know, that was their major selling point for decades. It's sit back, watch the hockey game, have a girl in a bikini, serve you a beer. I'm like, yeah, times have changed and you, you guys haven't, but I find most craft beers, uh, brewers and breweries are, trying to bring diversity about them. Not all. I'm not, I can't lump everybody (laughs) together. Obviously you're always going to have your bros and especially with what's going on in the world right now, include everybody. I mean, it should have always been that way, but the fact that it's taken this long for something like this to happen, uh, to have movement in all industries and and beer as well, it's, it's taken too long.
1: Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, you were saying like the, the macro image, I think that what happened with craft beer though, Is that they went, you know, and I I would say the macro is also trying to make changes, but they have to make them in smaller, more subtle ways because the craft beer community definitely doesn't trust them for what they're doing. Um, But I think that the craft beer community has become, we get really into ourselves and pat ourselves on the back for doing very small things and the small things don't equal big changes. It's, you know, you drop a pebble in an ocean and it Mm -hmm. makes a ripple, but that ripple doesn't do much. And, and that's what we're seeing right now. And, you know, there's a thousand brewers in Canada and 400 in Ontario, and I can probably name 20 that are doing really good things. And the rest of them, I'm like, call me, we need to talk. So I think, I think we need to get away from the idea that craft beer is doing really good things. We're doing okay things. We do have a sense of community, but the question is who is that community that we're creating?
0: Okay. Yeah. Uh, I never really thought about that. Like, cause Every time, uh, I mean, every time I go with the guys and the guys are myself, uh, my audio mix guy, Phil, he's Asian, uh, my two good friends, uh, Dennis and BB, um, black friends I've had since grade three. I've just, it's never, you know, it's never been a thing, but um, Drunk Pokaroo had mentioned it before, is that he and yourself had gone out for a beer and he got served first and he's like, what's this all about? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so,
1: he, had to, he actually had to
0: point and say,
1: pretty sure she wants a beer
0: (laughs) and and I mean and that's that's a craft brewery yeah and and that's unfortunate I mean there's no way that it should be that way if somebody's at a craft brewery they're looking for craft beer yeah they're not I I, unless it's like hey can I have a water because I'm the designated driver yeah But
1: yeah, I think I think
0: even at that point
1: you're still gonna talk to them. But um the problem is that we're so afraid of offending and we just if you don't know, you kind of freeze and and that's what I'm hoping that especially during these days, because the pandemic has changed so much that we're able to to kind of take a fresh look at it.
0: Yeah, it's time for a major overhaul of a lot of things, uh the pandemic being one of it and uh I like the I hate to say it, but the race war that's going on in the States that you know people are like uh our own premiere in Quebec and and your premiere as well have been like there's no systematic problems I'm like yes there yeah. is yeah and then I mean you know and and
1: talking about that and they're like no face coverings and then suddenly the pandemic happens and they're like uh well you have to wear face coverings and it's like yeah but you just said you couldn't wear them so you know and and it's pointed out as to how foolish that is and and, and I mean our our premier had to to go back and kind of be like, so I've been advised that, uh, we're racist AF and,
0: uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, I've, uh, I've had beer nights out with the boys where we see a group of people getting arrested. I'm like, Oh, cool cops. And they're like, no, we're, it's cool. We're not going to go near there. I'm like, what? Oh yeah, no. Yeah. Um, you guys are smart. Cause I probably, I mean, with the beard, I get a second look sometimes cause sometimes the beard's down to here and it's very <laughs> dark. So People think I'm I'm of uh, not <laughs> of the white privilege variety, but I am. Yeah. You know, I'm paler than a ghost. It just it's the way it is. So. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, let's talk about your discovery of beer. What brought you to the craft beer industry uh, besides the sales? Like, what what made you say, I want to try new beer, or I want to try not your Coors or, or your Coronas or stuff like that.
1: Yeah, I worked in in life insurance back in the day and was management uh, for a call center, which means automatically you drink a lot. (laughs) And uh, my my then girlfriend, who is now my wife, we used to go to Verst in Toronto because we lived in Toronto. And back then they used to do Beer 101 and they would bring in a bunch of different craft breweries. And I think it was like every other Sunday and they would walk you through a bunch of, of beers but they would also do food pairings because versed as food and they would treat you like everyone else they'd all be excited to see you and it would be sales reps and and i think that's when i realized like hey there's something here and and i got really excited about it and i mean my first my first job was with great lakes and it it basically got kicked off because of of that event and, and meeting David who's still there and, and just, you know, he was like, this is cool. Like come, come to the brewery, come check things out. And, you know, I mean, it, it was probably like a year and a half before I applied and I didn't feel weird about asking about the beer and saying like, I love this beer, but I don't understand why. And, and I think that was, was kind of the initial uh, like glow of craft beer
0: and yeah. And then that's been it ever since. I'm sure you're in the same boat as me. Would you like to see all the beers come across Canada like Collective Arts is starting to come here and
1: yeah, I think I think so. I mean, you know, speaking of Collective Arts, like they're basically global at this point. Uh they just opened their Brooklyn brewery last September. They're they're in Australia, they're in Europe. Like they're they're in spots where it's just, you don't, you don't think of, of craft beer from Canada being in, uh, you know, it's, I, I think it's, it's really great. I just would love if our provinces would all stop treating us like we're small children with, with forks next to the outlet.
0: (laughs) I love that analogy. That's great. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, Like when I was speaking with uh, the guys from stray dog, they said it would be easier for them to go to Gatineau than it would be for them to go to Toronto, but... Yeah, because
1: it's right there, and then, you know, it's it's so close, but there's still so many rules where it's like, no, you can't bring that over, and I mean, there was that guy... And I, I mean, it's macro, but there was the guy who got arrested for, I think, bringing beer back from Hull, and, you know, and it's like, oh, well, it's an interprovincial, but, like, you cross this line, and you can't do it, and it's like, it's beer, guys. Like, he's not, he's not like going with packets of cocaine like he just wants (laughs) he wants a two four of cheap bud light or something like and and you know i have so many friends who are just in the right spots within ontario that they're like we can't get these beers we can't we can't get delivery from a brewery because there's this invisible line that they can't
0: cross yeah we also have the invisible language law surrounding uh where i live where it's like, Oh, maybe if they just put a sticker on it, but yeah, <laughs> that's, that's something, uh, you know, that's something to near and dear to my heart. I've been on a regular basis. I'm an hour away from the Ontario border and the U S border. So it's like, Oh, the U S border, but I got to stay 48 hours. So I don't pay. Uh, I've yes. never tried to bring beer directly back. Some friends have said, uh, so Vermont's about two hours, uh, okay. from, from Montreal and they go to Vermont and they pick up a bunch of beer, and depending on the border guard they get the border guards like, "Yeah, you're not worth my time. go home right and then sometimes they're like, "Oh sorry, dude, you, you're gonna have to pay
1: uh, I have switched to altogether ah, the altogethers, yes and this one is from Red
0: Circle and Alora. nice, yeah, I'm having a lot of trouble because I work uh, Monday to Friday at home eight to four, I have a lot of trouble getting the togethers because everybody yeah. goes out and buys them before I have a chance to so
1: right, yeah, I think this is my fourth one from a different brewery um i'm gonna try and grab
0: a couple more but yeah it's been hard now i saw is it are they based out of ontario the black lives matter beer recipe that's coming out no so black is beautiful is actually
1: um based out of the states okay okay and what they've been doing is kind of opening it up to to anyone who wants to join and i think last time i looked it was just under 600 breweries that had signed up it's probably way more at Mm -hmm. this point
0: and those are just—I mean—they're starting to be brewed now, right? So we're yeah. talking a couple of weeks, maybe a month or so before.
1: Yeah, a couple. A couple of the brewers have already started two weeks ago. I know that for Ontario, if uh, if any of your viewers are in Hamilton, Merritt Brewing has already done theirs. So, uh, Spinny was really excited about that. So he jumped on it pretty much like the day after it was announced. Uh, so there's there's a bunch rolling out.
0: Yeah, no, I, I'm fully on board with the, let's take, uh, like in the States, the the Confederate flag being removed from NASCAR, you know. So amazing. It, it, the fact that NASCAR did something blows my mind. Yeah. Because that's the last sport I ever thought would happen. Yeah. And then even just alone with the, uh, when it was the Maple Leafs in the playoffs versus the Raptors in the playoffs, you could see in that crowd outside the stadium the change of diversity from sport to sport. And yeah. It's, it's a necessary change. The NHL realized they had a problem. They're finally starting to do something about it. Yeah. Um, not have, well, so it's like, Oh, well PK Subban's not part of the diversity crowd. And I'm like, that makes sense because they have everybody else that's required because PK is very, he's like a magnet for attention. Yeah. So as much as I loved when PK was here and he's a great player and he's a great representative yeah. for, for the black community. It's almost like he shouldn't have been part of that diversity group because he's too much of a character for the NHL. But I think it's great that he's too much of a character because yeah. I think I and
1: and why I've loved him. I mean, uh, I you know, like I said, my family is from from Montreal, so I'm a Canadiens fan. But um, paying attention, yeah, right? <laughs> uh, but paying attention to him, I think he made people really uncomfortable, which is what I loved because he wasn't a black man playing hockey he was just a man playing hockey and he was very outspoken in ways of like if you don't like it you don't like it that's cool mm. but i'm gonna go do this and and he was also about supporting meaningful charities he wasn't just like hey guys like let's do a thing for black people he was like no let's let's think about this and 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 help those who really need it i mean he was huge for um the uh the sick kids
0: Hospital, the montreal right? children's yeah yeah, yeah. I'm, and I'm like not, uh a million, a million dollars is first year. I know that. Cause yeah. So,
1: and I mean, those videos are fantastic yeah. and they, there's, there's no like awkward, Hey, he's a black dude. And like, this is why we're doing it. It was just like, he's a hockey You're, player with money.
0: Yeah. Unfortunately with the, with the Canadians, with the majority of the Canadians fans, it's like, Oh, he's too much personality for hockey. It's like,
1: yeah, but I mean, you can you can always think of a white hockey player who has a lot of personality. and Everyone's like, "Yeah, but he's just that guy." There's zero. <laughs> there's, there's no. There's there's someone. I mean, give me some time. But like, I'll figure someone out. But but there's always someone. And and you know, I mean, the the fact that he had to fight against the stereotype that black people don't play
0: hockey, which is
1: ludicrous.
0: Um, considering Wade Simmons was in league almost a decade before him, so. To me, that right. makes no sense, but... It's,
1: yeah, but I mean, that's that's kind of that weird underdog story of like, oh, isn't it really cool that this black guy is like laced on some skates and it's like, yeah, he's been doing it since he was little. It's not
0: weird. Yeah. Him <laughs> and his two brothers out of Toronto, so...
1: Yeah, like...
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, I know there's some breweries that um, I know founders, like I had never known about that the story of what happened until, so, you know, are... Are there any breweries that are kind of opposite of that where they encourage uh, diversity in their workforce?
1: Um, I think that the problem is that a lot of breweries don't know how to encourage diversity in the workforce. So, what happens is there's a lot of wheel spinning, but uh, diversity in the tap room is a big thing. So, I'm actually, and just kind of by accident, um, the glass I'm drinking out of is Montclair Brewery. Okay. Um, it's black owned. They're in the States. And when they went to open, so they are uh, established in 2014 when they went to open, everything was fine. And then the city looked at their names and suddenly said, we need you to do X, Y, Z. And they ended up having to do a GoFundMe to basically finish these bizarro requirements. And it was like some weird, like you have to have a window here. And it was like, why would you have a window there? And so, yeah, I mean, there's, there is diversity within, within breweries. It's, it's a lot easier to see in the States um, because there are black owned breweries, but for, for the, the number of breweries out there, I think it, it ends up being like 2% of breweries are owned by people of color. Whereas here I can think of like three places. And you know, earlier I said it was a thousand breweries in Canada and 400 in Ontario. And I'm thinking of three or four people pretty much in Ontario.
0: Yeah, I'm uh, like thinking about it right now. I don't know any in Quebec, but uh I'm kind of limited to the like Montreal and maybe an hour surrounding Montreal. So I can't, I can't yeah. really say anything. And the two breweries I know of in Plattsburgh, they're, they're both white guys who own it, but yeah. um yeah, no, I, I, well, it's Plattsburgh too, you know, it's right. <laughs> uh, I think I could count it on a hand how many people of color I've ever seen in Plattsburgh who are not, are not from Montreal, so right, but I think it's it's also about encouraging
1: people into your tap room because that will then change who your staff are because a lot of people who end up working in beer are people like myself who are, mm-hmm. I went to an event and you know I basically got sucked into it and and that's the the place to kind of think about it. I mean, Um, my, my family, some of them are from Montreal. My grandmother grew up in Hachalaga, So, uh, it's, you know, I mean, back in, back in the thirties and forties, those photos are pretty diverse. Um, so it's, it's one of those things that we're able to do. It's just, how do we get back to it without making it seem really awkward?
0: Yeah. uh, The thing is like, when I go with, with my friends color, I never really think about it because they've just always been part of my life. Yeah. And I never think like, yeah, maybe the guy behind the counter is not a great person. So, yeah, I mean, the, the fact that the fact
1: that drunk poker has told you a story about me, <laughs> uh, it's like, you know, and I mean, I've worked in the industry and I, I still have a hard time getting served sometimes. So, like, it's it, I, I appreciate people saying that that Canada works really hard, but we don't work that hard.
0: No, not at all. My our my second ever review was with True from Konawaki Brewing, and like they had to create their own beer laws on native land because they were the first ever brewery on a native land in Canada. And when I asked him, I'm like, "How?" He's like, "I don't know. We had wine, we had hard liquor, but we never had beer." Wow. And they had to create. I know most breweries kind of have like a gray area where they could play with. Yeah. Where. On his native land, they had to create black and white rules. This, that, this—you're going to be inspected this many times more than a regular brewery would. Wow. This is going to happen more than this is going to. And I, and and the fact that you even have to throw that
1: into the rules like tells you that there's a huge problem. And yeah. and it's you know I mean like you know you you've seen some stuff I've done, but I I go around when I do with like North American travel kind of outside of the country. And I'm like, I'm here to tell you that Canadians aren't as great as you think we are. We're kind of gross because our problem is the indigenous, like our problem is the indigenous community because we've treated a, a group of people who own the land and they don't even believe in owning it. They were just part of the land. And we've shown up and just been like, we're gonna destroy you and do these really horrible things and we're gonna stereotype you. And like, you know, my, the stereotype of black people is that I'm incited to violence and I'm probably gonna steal your stuff. But you think of, of the indigenous peoples and we say that they're alcoholics and, and they can't be trusted. And it's like, we, we probably, you know, yeah. I mean, if someone showed up and stole your house and said, cool, this is mine now. And now you have to live in the backyard. You'd probably take it badly. <laughs>
0: Uh so for for yourself when you when you're doing talks and stuff, where did that inspiration come from?
1: Um my my talks are, are based uh first and foremost on, on personal experience. Because I've been in the industry, it kind of gives me that like weird leg up on on seeing behind the the curtain. So kind of wizard of oz moments, but it's you know, because again, we romanticize craft beer. Like we talk about craft versus macro and it's like, it's actually not that different. And sometimes we're the weird drunk uncle who like screams out that weird slur and is like, science' junk. I love you. <laughs> and uh, so, so, so my talks are, are really about highlighting and being like, don't pat yourself on the back because we're smaller than macro and because we're doing things that we think are good behind the scenes. We're still pretty terrible and this is how we can work through it. And um, what I really push is just having safe spaces to, to have open dialogues because it turns out a lot of people run into to caves and have conversations amongst themselves, but they're not talking to the right people.
0: Okay. Yeah, no, that's, that's a great message to have and, and bring out there. So, and like you said, it's personal experience, which once again, you know, as myself blind to these situations, because I have friends of color that I've had for decades, and I know that they've gone through struggles, but I've never been directly affected with them. But now more so I'm like, uh, am I going to wake up? I know my friends is gonna, still going to be alive because a cop thought, oh no, he reached for a sandwich in his pocket or something.
1: So Yeah. And it's just, it's so, it's so funny. I mean, uh, part of what I do with, with the company is also consulting for restaurants and I've had sales reps ask me like point blank, do you actually drink beer? And it's like, you seen the size of me like this is a body built by beer like why are you even and and it's it still happens like years in and and people who know me are like no 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 that that can't happen and it's like it does because they don't they don't get to know me Mm -hmm. and they don't see it i think some of them just think like oh you had to be hired because this company is trying to be diverse in whatever way and it's like you don't you don't hire someone for their looks if they can't give you like the actual work yeah. and, and the support that that the company needs. I mean, I don't call me old fashioned, um, but like, yeah, I'm hella cute. And I like, ch- you know, check off a bunch of boxes. But at the end of the day, it's like, I'm the consultant for this restaurant because I know how to purchase for, for their clientele. So, you know, would you ask a white bearded guy if he drank beer? Probably not.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it'd almost be like an instinct. I mean, the company I currently work for, it's 88% female workforce. And I show up with, uh, I I mean, I always get my beard professionally done before a job interview. But, you know, I show up with this beard, uh, bald, white. And then my manager, who's also a tall, bald guy with a beard, and we're talking. And I knew him before I got employed there. And I'm like, he saw me drunk playing softball. There's no way this guy's going to hire me. (laughs) and then he looked at my cv he talked to me in person and then a week later he's like here's the offer do you want it i'm like yes this company sounds amazing and just the entire time of i'm never gonna get this job i'm gonna be stuck in my other job i'm gonna be miserable yep and it's like oh here's this with more money more vacation more that i'm like huh he's like oh yeah and you're gonna work with a lot of women i'm like okay it doesn't bother me (laughs) why would it bother me? He's like, Oh, well, you know, your beer attitude. I'm like, so there's probably a girl or two on the team who drinks beer. I don't know.
1: Right. So, And I mean like looking at what, especially what craft beer has been doing and you know, yeah, I started off with a, a glass of wine, but I mean my, so my initial intro to things was wine. I've been drinking wine for a very long time um, and then did macro and then moved into craft. But I think a lot of craft beer, is is mimicking wine right like look at the barrel age stuff and look at you know like what are you putting in there did you did you say rosé so i think that it's it's definitely expanding into ways where um back in the day it was you got an ipa you got a lager and and maybe you got a pilsner if you were lucky and now you know you can get sours and you can get this kind of sour and you get this and this barrel age and What's a footer? Why you threw this in? Why you did this? Like,
0: yeah, I mean, even like you're mentioning the wine now too. Uh, one of my favorite beers out of one of my favorite breweries here in Montreal, La Brosse, They made a Merlot, uh, Belgian. What? It's, yeah, it's delicious. It's a triple Belgian with Merlot must. Yeah, it's beautiful, and and it's a great name too. It's you had me at Merlot. So, <laughs> <laughs> so definitely, uh, I mean. I'll try and grab some off Troy. Troy's a great guy. He was our first ever interview for our show. So maybe I'll talk to him. I'll get yours drunk pokeroos, and Mike's address and try and ship you guys out some beer. So just, just send mine to drunk poker. I'll just go get it. <laughs> Perfect. That's, yeah. I think that's,
1: that's amazing. But I, I think that we need to stop saying that like, you know, it's beer and wine and, and spirits. Yeah. I think that the way that these all cross over and, and, and what's happening with each and, and how we're, we're able to, to be influenced by each, each section of the industry is, is massive. And I mean, that's, you know, you want to take, a high level of diversity and that's the diversity in the product and and how it's produced and how it's
0: presented yeah i mean just look at the uh, barrel age programming that nickelbrook has
1: exactly and their their whole funk lab like i mean god bless them like i just i think that that the way that they're playing around with things and uh, i did some stuff with ben last year and, and got him to use sorrel which is a West Indian flower, which, um, it's, it's basically hibiscus on steroids. Okay. And so, so, you know, I, I think of all these brews that are like hibiscus and it's like, yeah, so hibiscus multiplied by a hundred is going to be sorrel and it's, but it, it also attracts a very specific group of people because, you know, we don't, we don't, we don't see it a lot. So when you do, it's like,
0: I'm interested, I want to try this. And, yeah, uh- and it's, uh, I mean, even from the taste, but even from the diversity of can art, sometimes I'm just like, yes. this looks so fancy. So like the, yeah. the one I'm drinking right now, the, the bird with like kind of the feathers coming off. I'm like, Whoa, that's, that's super creative. And, yeah. uh, I have a friend, he's a comic book artist by trade. And I've always said, like, I ever started a brewery, man, you're drawing my cans. Yeah. And he's, he's a very creative individual, uh young black male, uh, in a wheelchair too. So I'm like, you're going to work for me. Yeah. So, because uh, I've seen your art, and it needs to go on a can, looking real nice, with the words like whatever my brewery's name is, with whatever, yeah. whatever the name of the beer is, and just that image associated to it. So, it would yeah. just it would be from there. And uh, like you said, diversity of workforce, too nailed down right there in a sense when you think about right? it. Right. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I think I think those are things that we need to stop tripping ourselves up on, and and just kind of you know, what kind of beer are you enjoying? And and are you even drinking beer? I think getting people into the beer world, whether it be that they're introed into macro or, or craft first, uh, you know, because people say, Oh, well, if, if we lost you to, to macro, and it's like not about losing someone to a thing. I mean, I drink macro and I drink craft. Um, partially because full disclosure, I'm, you know, employed by both, both sections, but I don't I don't take one over the other i just think if you're going to make me comfortable and i know that my friends and i can go into wherever that space is and feel fine
0: it's all i need yeah exactly i you know it's, it's all dependent on the situation if you're out at a barbecue or something you're probably pounding back a couple of rolling rocks or right something like that it's and
1: then uh, and i mean and that's you know exactly what you're saying like there's there's the beer that you talk about and you go I get pine <laughs> and I get, you know, memories of whatever. And then there's others where I'm like, I'm hot and I'm tired and I just want something refreshing. I don't care what it is. As long as this company treats people well and they are legit with what they do, I'll drink it.
0: Yeah. No, uh, I I'll, I'll, I generally, I'll try to stick with craft, but yeah, uh, I know. And I do say drink craft, not crap, but it's yeah. sometimes it's there. I mean, uh, I've, I've done the sad mistake of starting with beautiful crap beers. And then I'm like, Oh, I need one more beer. And Oh, let's grab that. Oh God, I'm drinking poison. So.
1: <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like, and, and it's, it's so funny. I, I just, I feel like uh crap beer sales reps will, will all agree to this at some point in the day you just get to, I don't care what it is. It just needs to be refreshing. And I, I know a bunch of people with myself. We, we shared the bucket, which had like some stupid name to it, but it was like a bucket of PBRs. And I was like, yeah, that's cool. I gotta, I gotta drive. It's a low percentage. um You know, I'm, I'm going home to a, a fridge full of craft beer. So like, I ain't hurting nobody. So yeah. here's my PBR, like whatever. And I, but I think that's like, that's part of it. We need to get over this whole, how dare you drink this because my argument or my push is if someone is drinking a PBR as their intro to beer, you can't look at them and say, how dare you do that if they don't know what there is down the road? Mm-hmm. And, and we need to get over this weird, like, craft beer will save you. Because, I mean, craft beer, again, has its own issues like don't at me <laughs> I've been there I've done it I've worn the t-shirt I swear to god I've worn the t-shirt <laughs> um, but I think that if we can get someone in to even just drink that initially and if they say hey this isn't so bad then you can swoop in and say here's a craft version of it and I can name the four, the four ingredients instead of a hundred or whatever it is but we need to stop making people feel awkward for just trying
0: yeah, no. And, and we'd been uh, like I mentioned you pre-show, uh, you know, I got my 75, 76 year old father into IPAs. Exactly. And he was, he was labat 50 till there was no end. Yeah. And my brother-in-law too, uh, I visit them and I'm like, you have all these wonderful breweries. Let's, let's go on a little brewery tour and he's drinking yeah. them. And his exact words to me, if I can't go back to Coors Light, I'm going to kick your ass.
1: <laughs> but that's the thing, right? I mean, if it, if it takes some hand holding, that's what it is. I mean, like, I remember when I was younger, um, Stroh's, which is shorts backwards. You're welcome. Um, was an easy drink, but it's just a light lager. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, Oh, okay. Like I found these breweries that are, that are craft that are doing it. But I mean, that was my intro. Yeah. And thankfully no one was like, Ooh, why are you doing that? And I think that we need to stop that. Like immediately, if you're, if your dad can go from, x number of years of his regular stuff to to going to an ipa like that's a huge jump <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and some might be he loves and some he doesn't and he's like oh, oh i like sure. this one more i like this one more and um you know i i live not far from the it, they were number one new brewery in canada for the year uh um, storm bractorium and they make new england ipas and they're really good at making those new england ipas yep and, and they know what they're doing and there's a couple that he loved and there's a couple he didn't because a triple ipa when you're used to just kind of like a five percent new england is a big change so yeah now you mentioned your work at breweries before have you ever brewed with any of the uh, any of them i have uh yeah. so
1: within the the first two years so i just uh celebrated my two-year anniversary of beer diversity in early may uh, i think at that point i hit 20 collaborations uh,
0: yeah it's <laughs> that's, that's a lot of work <laughs>
1: yeah it is a lot of work it's a, uh, it's a, lot, a lot of lot standing around yeah. <laughs> yeah uh yeah no it's 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 been great and and i mean i am a, i am a, a bit of a beer nerd so it was a lot of like wait can i do that can i touch this like what are you what are you what are you doing um so yeah it's yeah so it was 20 collabs and it was amazing
0: anything on the shelves right now uh that- the public in Ontario or could get to. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So red circle, which is in KW. So my local, uh, they will be putting out Ren, a West coast IPA. This is actually the third time it's coming out and uh, was actually put forward for the CBAs last year. Uh, Did not, did not win, but definitely got some attention. So um, I'm an IPA nerd to the end. Uh, I would say of the 20 collabs I did probably 17 were some form of IPA. Um, but yeah, so they're, they're doing it, uh, this week actually with a a group of of breweries again, Kitchener area. So TWB, um, uh, block three, short finger and counterpoint. will be doing the black is beautiful, which is the American Mm -hmm. collaboration beer. We're going to be doing that. And I'm going to be part of that. Um, so those are kind of the, the two this year, but I, I was cutting down. Otherwise I was traveling. Um, I had done out to Ottawa. So I did some stuff with Dominion city last year um, and then a, a bunch of Toronto stuff. So we'll see, we'll see what happens after this. Uh, I did have a mini collab uh, distance with Shacklands, which is in Toronto and they're kind of in that uh, uh, junction ish area. And okay. it was, it was called small Dick Saison and it was a, a small brew and it was actually named that by an American beer advocate uh, in, in response to an Ontario brewery that had dropped bitch as their oh, marketing yeah. ploy. And she was like, Oh, well that's, that's small Dick energy. <laughs> so it's uh, <laughs> so it ended up being called that, but, and, and to make it like all ironic and stuff, it was a small Small release, small beer, three point six percent. So
0: <laughs> into three fifty five on top of that to make it a small. <laughs> it's it was a smaller bottle. Yeah, yeah, it was great.
1: Like everything about it was small.
0: So <laughs> I I'll never I, you know it's a modern times. If you'd done that like thirty years ago, fine. You know, oh, great name, yes. but yeah, grow up. <laughs> you know that, that's uh, everybody's like, oh, who's gonna come out with the coronavirus beer? I'm like, don't. Don't, don't,
1: don't. don't. don't, There's so many virus beers in the states,
0: yeah. So, I I mean, you know, if you name something after the black plague of Spanish flu, fine, that's 100 years ago, 400 years ago, but no, stop it. (laughs) Although, can can you do the
1: Spanish flu? Because I had read about a guy a couple months ago who survived the Spanish flu and then just died from COVID like two months ago,
0: yeah. Is it too soon? Yeah, could be too soon. Some, some brewers, I mean, some brewers come up with wild names and, and mentioned collab, like I'm hoping when it's safe to do, because originally the one year plan for the show, which we just hit six months, a couple of weeks ago, uh, for the one year I was talking to a brewer and I was talking to somebody else I worked with who started his own business and what he did. And I'm like, okay, we're going to do a big collab. And now I'm like, uh, second wave. I don't know. Yeah, so it's gonna I'm hoping, I'm hoping we don't get a massive <laughs> second wave, but knowing being in the industry and knowing how stuff works now. Yep. Yeah. we got to be careful. So just, you know, stay healthy, stay safe. Everyone. Yeah, totally. Uh, so when, when there's some semblance of normal again and traveling is allowed, uh, beercation that you plan on just, you know what? I spent the year at home being safe, being yes. healthy, saving money. I'm blowing some money. I'm going somewhere.
1: Oh man. Um, I would not say I've been saving money for I've been ordering a lot in, uh, Thank you, Canada Post, Canpar, and (laughs) local delivery people. Um, I have Prince Edward County on my list on my way out to Ottawa. um, I would like to go to 555 Brewing because if you guys have not seen them on Instagram, their Instagram game is tight. (laughs) It's owned by a a couple and... One of them is she's Australian and like super rad. They've got a woman of color working there. They are hilarious. Um, I would go visit them and then I would go to Matron. Uh, Cause Matron's hella rad. And then I would kind of do like a detour through Kingston. So I do like stone city ales um, because they also have a really great patio. And then I would head up and see my friends at Dominion City, Beyond the Pale. Uh, yeah, man, I, I like I'd almost like deek over to Cornwall too, and I'd go see Ruben Bar- Brewing.
0: Yeah, Ruben is was a hopefully a future interview, and there's oh, humble God. beginnings around there too. So. Uh, hey, feel free to come by Montreal if you want to. Because oh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I,
1: I would so end in Montreal and then be like, I don't remember my time in Montreal. <laughs> but again, I mean, my family's from Montreal, so for me, like, it's it's like, yeah, yeah, until the end up there. Um, so you know, I do DDC, but like, I, I feel like Ottawa, I don't get to see enough and and check out like a few of those guys. But yeah, it would it would inevitably end in Montreal. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I know, uh, like, as the show, we did media at the uh, Winter Beer Fest this year, and I'm just like, okay, yeah, we'll do the first session, and I'm like, oh, we missed a few of the guys, so I asked security, security's just like, yeah, come back, I don't care, (laughs) I'm like, okay, so all the breweries that myself and my uh, videographer, Phil, were supposed to hit, that didn't happen, because we went back to the festival, where we drank more as media, and uh, surprisingly, doing media is pretty awesome, which I never expected, so, yeah, it's like, hey, beers, so. It's fun, uh, for yeah. sure. Anything? Uh, if you could get on a plane and go anywhere in the world for a beercation?
1: Oh man, uh, I'd go back to Belgium in a heartbeat. Uh, we, my wife and I, did it for our honeymoon, and we actually called it a beer moon and traveled around Europe for almost three weeks. And Belgium, I was, I, I never hit the hangover moment through the time we were there because I never got to sober up because then someone would be like, come meet us here and like, let's do a thing. <laughs> um, so I would love to go back there because they were so welcoming and just so amazing. Um, I ran into Toronto friends while in Belgium. Uh, so yeah, that was, that was rad. I want to go back there for nice. like a prolonged period of time.
0: Yeah. Small world for sure. Uh, I've like, I, I run into, um, uh, I just did a beercation in Vermont last year and I ran into people from all over the world who are into beer. I'm yeah. like, it's Vermont. You never expect something like that. Yeah. Uh, personally, I was supposed to, we were planning on a real Oktoberfest this year, not just bows. to but... it,
1: to it. So, yeah, um... so our, our beer moon started in Oktoberfest. Okay. It is a hot mess. Yeah. Uh, you cannot drink as much as the Germans. Do not try. <laughs> uh, there's a reason they don't tap until noon on the first day. So we were, we were there for the first day. And once it's tapped, by 2 o'clock, you are seeing basically drunk bodies everywhere. It's crazy. Uh, my takeaway memory is watching a guy literally poke his girlfriend with a stick to see if she was alive. And everyone is dressed in like traditional German garb. So he is in his lederhosen, she's in her dirndl, and he's poking her with a stick. No. It was awesome. Do it
0: once. <laughs> yeah, no, 2020 was supposed to be the time, but even they know what's going on. So they're like, yeah, you know what? Not this year. They so. called it early. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Uh, but for safety and health uh, you know Bose had yeah. to cancel Kitchener had to cancel uh to my understanding uh we were yeah supposed... well and, and Kitchener
1: is the second largest outside of Germany so yeah
0: yeah that's that's what I had heard too after I was there the weekend before to visit family in Cambridge and they're like oh you should stay for another week I'm like but I don't have any vacation left I'm like oh the Kitchener Oktoberfest is second biggest one in the world I'm like how yeah. am I just hearing about this? Yeah, it's crazy. We we party out here, man. Oh, next year, 2021. Yeah, totally. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, so for beer diversity, what's next outside the talks? Uh, are you going to grow the website? Or, or you got anything else planned that you can mention?
1: Uh, so website is literally being revamped by someone as we speak. So Lindsay, who is one of the co- co-owners of Grain and Grit Brewing in Hamilton has sponsored me. And so that's their sponsorship is to, to update my website, which thank you, (laughs) um, Dominion city brewing, which is in Ottawa has stepped up and has sponsored me to work on an inclusion toolkit, which I'm hoping to have out realistically by the start of August. Um, and a bunch of breweries have stepped up to, to help me create the pieces. So there'll be video content and, um and and obviously workbooks and stuff so that'll be uh sponsored by a few other people um and then really every night uh as you know on ig live so tuesday to friday i do what to drink in and i just kind of chat with my friends in in beer and outside of beer and just you know i've had my my makeup friends Mm -hmm. tell me stories and and just yeah we just chat and it's it's open to the public obviously and it runs as long as it takes me to drink a, a glass of beer
0: uh, okay. So I've got no other questions for you right now. Sweet. Um, I very much appreciate the talk you had with us today. So let people, let my viewership know where people can find you on the internet.
1: So on Instagram and Twitter, it is at beer underscore diversity on the web. It's dot diversitycom If you cannot remember that and you find me on Instagram or Twitter, I will help you out and give you the, the link to the website. Um, And yeah, otherwise it's, it's pretty great. I've got a Facebook group that I half neglect. So if you want to go and check it out, check it out. I'll, I'll put a few, few updates, but Instagram is probably the best and easiest spot because I do the most on there.
0: Awesome. Uh, As for our show at all beer inside on all social media, uh, the YouTube channel is finally active. We have enough uh, participants. So it's youtube.com slash C slash all beer inside to find us uh, as you have already found us here. Subscribes and likes always helps the show. Uh, Allbeerinside.com for the eventual audio this along with uh, me and my friends getting together and being drunk idiots with each other. If you want to listen to that, Uh, we're also available on iTunes for that show and uh, other friends of the show, such as wrestling cheers, as well as Spanish announce table from the trending topics network.com. And as I say, at the end of every show, drink craft, not crap. Thank you very much for today. I very much appreciate this.
1: Oh, my pleasure.